At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Everybody, welcome to Horror Movie Night, and we're going to talk about Jaws in the Third Dimension, except not. <laughs> I saw no third dimension. <laughs> so I picked this one, and I regret nothing, because I've got a lot to say about this movie, but it's a bad movie. But it's not like even a fun bad movie, dude. It's just like slow and boring oh i had a blast with this oh, of course I, did, I didn't have a blast with the either movie this weekend yeah, yeah and, and what is your fault, fault? <laughs> oh i know and i have nothing but apologies but we'll save that for next week all right so let me tell you a little bit about matt kelly's history with jaws uh, specifically jaws 3d and then one of the things that i i lament about this movie because it's the movie that could have been before i liked horror we've talked about this on the alligator episode too i still when i wasn't a horror fan i was a big animal buff and my cousin dave and i would watch these movies all the time specifically the jaws quadrilogy we would like spend mo like once a summer we would hang out for a weekend and watch all four movies just and I have no explanation why, but I love these movies. I love them so much. Specifically, obviously, the first one's like a masterpiece. So we're not going to talk about that on Horror Movie Night. We're not going to talk about part two because it's literally just a, a perfectly fine rehash of the first Jaws movie. But we're not going to talk about Jaws Revenge because I already made Scott watch it once. And I think he would quit the show if we did it a second time. No, I would watch Jaws the Revenge again. I would have watched Jaws the Revenge again instead of jaws 3d because at least jaws the revenge is so fucking stupid you know <laughs> so, like it's it's so, entertaining this is not stupid enough to be entertaining so this so i landed on jaws 3d i land on jaws 3d for a couple times or a couple reasons because for starters there's a constant debate amongst the jaws fan community over which is worse this or jaws the revenge i think it's jaws the revenge but there's some really 
horrendous things in this movie. But I want to talk about the making of this movie. So when this movie was originally pitched, it was pitched under the name National Lampoon's Jaws 3 People Zero. And it was going to be a comedy written by the team that wrote Airplane, directed by Joe Dante. And the premise was that they were going to make a movie where a shark is going out of its way to murder everybody in Hollywood who's trying to make the third Jaws movie. (laughs) It even opened, the opening scene was a, they recreated the girl getting attacked by the shark in the beginning of Jaws with Peter Benchley playing himself being attacked by a 50 foot shark inside of his swimming pool. (laughs) Um, So like, it was just this ludicrous wacky comedy. And the reason it didn't happen was that Steven Spielberg said that if they made a joke out of his beloved Jaws, he would quit universal forever. So they uh, made Jaws 3d and made a joke out of his beloved (laughs) Jaws anyway. (laughs) Like I wish that there was some alternate dimension where I could watch Jaws three people zero because it sounds like a blast. And it's probably probably also bad. It probably also bad, but in like a much more entertaining way. The other important thing to know about Jaws 3D is two things about the production that was happening. Number one, the director of this movie was a set dresser who had never directed before, but they (laughs) said, hey, he's been a loyal guy. Let's throw him Jaws 3. And number two, no one on the production team had ever worked with 3D before, so they were winging it the entire time. So that's why 3D is really bad. Like, I'm not sure about your guys' transfers, but there are points where, like, a ship will be underwater, and as it turns, it just pixelates and disappears. <laughs> they, When they had to put it into two-dimensional, they shot it so poorly that all they could do was, when you shoot 3D, you have a right and a left camera. And you're supposed to be able to blend those when you put it on home video. They didn't do it properly, so all they could do is release the left camera version of the movie. <laughs> So when certain things were supposed to be 3D in the right camera, they just disappear now in the movie. So Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Gotcha. So that's a little bit of the behind the scenes on why this 3D is, for the most part, garbage. But there's a few 3D moments that I, I kind of like. So let's dive in, shall we? Oh, dive in. One last thing. This screenplay was written by Richard Matheson. The guy who wrote I Am Legend? And multiple Twilight Zone episodes. And he has disowned this movie. He said that he had written a well-crafted movie. And then they they took the script and said, hey, we're going to shove the Brody kids into this movie, which is why they do absolutely nothing in the movie. <laughs> like, they weren't supposed to be there. They were just kind of forced into the movie. And also that he just said they changed so much and like took away all the nuance that he had put in the movie and if it was any other screenplay writer saying that i'd be like bullshit but like richard matheson has such a long track record of good things that i i'm inclined to believe him and i'm pretty sure this was the last script he ever wrote for hollywood so wow yeah. this this move the everything the basis of this movie does sound like it was written by the wallets like 100 percent, it <laughs> yeah. sounds like what a studio thinks would be a good idea oh yeah and someone pointed out uh when i was reading like doing a little bit of research on this because i knew i had to come in guns a blazing yeah. uh someone pointed out that like in a weird way this movie holds up in the sense that in 1983 we didn't realize that sea world was such a terrible place and then like this movie is just like look at how terrible sea world is and sea world 
signed on for it. Yeah, that, I had crazy. so many fucking questions about that. How is that? How is that good? marketing in a 1983 for sea world like look here's a new sea world where people get murdered yeah. and a shark dies in front of an entire crowd yeah like what what the fuck it makes no this movie is so mind-numbingly stupid like every decision was poor and that's yeah. why i picked it so the movie starts off as every jaws movie does with the shark underwater and we're tracking it, we're tracking it, we're tracking it. It seems to just drive through a fish, and then all of a sudden there's <laughs> blood in the water and a fish head floating around in 3D. Brian is so mad, all he's doing is just sighing heavily. <laughs> so they find out that the shark is swimming just outside of SeaWorld. There's a gate that keeps animals who aren't supposed to be in SeaWorld from entering SeaWorld. But let's be honest, it's also to keep the animals that are trying to escape SeaWorld from escaping SeaWorld. <laughs> Unless and let's be honest, most dolphin. of SeaWorld is a swimming pool. <laughs> they don't connect to anything. No. They're in SeaWorld. The boys from the first two Jaws movies are now both there. One as an employee, one just visiting his brother who's an employee. Apparently he's an architect who's built this incredible under the water world where you go into this cave and then you're just walking through tubes surrounded by water um not like an aquarium like if something went wrong you would drown and die instantaneously so they've got a lot of faith on this architecture uh to open this thing up or they just don't give a shit way shark enters sea world through attacking an under an underwater diver who's trying to like fix a gate issue there's a the chain is broken or something he's down there it's working off the track yeah he's down there working and the attack is trash i hate the actual attack like there's this oh, giant hold on i'm gonna have to stop you there matt well i think i think he had already successfully penetrated sea world and the diver was just a plus was just his meal because yeah. they, they couldn't figure out why the gate went off the track so i'm pretty sure that the shark plowed through the gate as it was closing and was already inhabiting SeaWorld. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I could I, be wrong. But no, that's you're, you're absolutely right. And also, the, the shark that eats the Lou Ferrigno wannabe um, <laughs> is the baby. So it, it, it came in earlier with the mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so the baby comes in, attacks the diver. It's a trash attack. But again, we get that floating arm in 3D. So this was the first Jaws movie that almost got an R rating. Uh, the MPAA really? was like, yeah, they were like this. Apparently, they toned down a lot of stuff. But they were like, this yeah, is Yeah, they definitely did. Because, like, <laughs> when you're on three, like, all right, everyone knows that or, or, or no one expects a movie post the second and even the sequel, they're iffy, to be any good. You know, like. The only thing we ask for is show us the monster and show us more, more deaths. And I felt like everything was a close up of the monster and the deaths were all, I, oh, it was, yeah. it yeah. was, it was a very ABC horror movie type deal where it's just like wide eyes and then just cuts to red water, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we go to, this is like a lot of the things that I have issues are in this movie is not necessarily shark-based. It's everything that's happening when the shark's not on camera. So we're at this weird bar where they're playing some type of pushing game. 
Oh I yeah, yeah. Um, I was I had a I had a note about that. I haven't touched any of my notes. It's called Standoff, and I was like, is this an actual game? Because I've never heard of it before. I it think seems it similar to I think not Tai Chi. Is it Tai Chi? <laughs> One of one of them, one of them. That's the whole basis. Is you're to knock your opponent off balance. Yeah, you're just you're in a you're in a circle, and you just put your hands together, and that's all it is. That's all the combat is. Is you're just um, trying to push each other out of the circle. That's I don't know if it's sumo tied. wrestling. It's, so my question. No, is sumo wrestling the... is body. Bah, yeah. similar, but this is just hands. <laughs> just so Brian, hands question for you then in tai chi are you allowed to use the my flies open defense uh yes <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think it's tai chi i think tai chi is more meditative i don't know i just know it's something someone i used to work with used to do it so so the he uses the old my flies open move and wins the heart of i believe that's leah thompson right that's leah thompson yeah first movie but you're you're missing the the part where that guy the the younger brother mouth kisses his older brother's longtime girlfriend and i'm like is that customary it's a friendship I, it's a good it's a i mean that's how i greet jade every time it I is not that. customary and stay away from my wife <laughs> <laughs> so linnea thompson is completely charmed linnea by thompson? the that, whatever now that is that's like the the um the marilyn manson of of your brain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Leah Thompson is charmed by the old My Flies Open maneuver, and they go to what is what appears to be a weird beach maze that's not very difficult to win, and they're playing a hiding game on the beach. Oh, but he's also, like, wasted. Yeah, he's he's shit-faced, and he's also, it, it's, they do this weird thing with all of the Jaws movies, I feel like. Where there's always half of the Brody family is traumatized from the shark stuff with the water, and then the other half is like, fuck it, how many times can a shark possibly attack my family? <laughs> so, the answer is more than you'd expect. Yeah, about four times is the answer. Uh, Wait, are so they in all four of them? The brothers are, yes. Played by different people. Played by different people in parts three and four, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Quaid didn't decide to come back for Jaws of Revenge, unfortunately. Okay, I okay, thought so. So they're playing on this weird beach maze. She finally convinces them to get in, like, ankle deep into water. It's not exactly like they're in the middle of the ocean. And that's when Dennis... Uh, Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dennis I keep wanting to say Randy Quaid, but that's his brother. <laughs> Dennis Quaid's like, I've got this great prank. Let me get this bullhorn. And it is just like, hey, get out of the water. And they're like, oh, no, it's cool. We're supposed to be in here. And they're like, oh, you better not. And then they're like, it's you guys. You pulled a wacky-ass prank on us. And they put their fist on their hips, and they're like, oh, Dennis. But while all this is happening, a shark apparently swallows two people whole. Yeah, they, <laughs> the shark was really good at just not biting its food. <laughs> well, the bigger thing about that is that those guys are supposed – and I had to I- – I had to check the uh, the wiki page for Jaws 3D to understand what the fuck they were doing. They were trying to steal coral to yeah. resell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were trying to do something, <laughs> but they they. I just wrote down swallowed the robbers whole. <laughs> they, mm. uh, and it's shown visually by a flashlight disappearing under the water, and then a guy just going, ah! <laughs> and then he's just gone, and then their little raft disappears and since no one finds any remains of them or the raft 
it leads me to believe that the shark ate all three in one gulp. Now the wife of the under underwater guy who got attacked in the beginning of the movie is comes- that his wife or is that just his like his lady? Because she's like, he's trash. Wait, wait, wait. I actually have a. (laughs) He's got so many good lines. You say the one. I have the other one. (laughs) I tell you the man is trash. I don't want him around my place. (laughs) It sounds like a Dave Chappelle version of an angry white Southern man. (laughs) I'm mad at that old boy, but I don't mean him no harm. You hear me? I don't mean him no harm. (laughs) That's her last line. She's never seen again. She's not there by his side when they find his chewed up corpse. Also, these aren't the hungriest sharks because, like, they don't, they leave a lot of meat on the bone, literally. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for that guy. Well, then they got their stomachs filled when they just swallowed two whole humans in a raft. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So we go underwater. People are swimming. Around. They're, they're in their little underwater ship. This is what we're talking about. Like, the 3D is just horrendous in this scene. Uh, and this is where we really, really, really start getting into the gimmicky 3D stuff where they're underwater and the girl just goes, oh, and it just cuts to like an underwater skeleton with its hands. Yeah. And a, and a beanie on. <laughs> because he was the captain. Yeah. Captain. That's our Don't wear Oscar. beanies. <laughs> yeah, that's a first mate thing. If, if anyone. Bullies oh. a Disney Channel movie wear beanies. <laughs> uh and yeah from that point on we're getting like hey let's have a, a orca jump straight up at the camera and like when they walk into this underground lair let's just zoom it's not even things zooming at you it's the camera zooming into a stationary thing which is even more absurd to me that being said one of the notes i made because this is where we first start to see the shark and the shark is a combination of like heavy heavy usage of just nature footage of sharks swimming in water and what is definitely the worst looking of the four jaws sharks are you sure man because jaws revenge had that one where you can actually see the back right well it it varies because the not to jump ahead but i i wouldn't say that throughout the movie it's the worst looking shark but at the end it is very very the worst looking shark i see i think my thing is that this shark like, all the other sharks are a little bit more mobile. Like, you see, like, the Jaws of Revenge shark, and it has the ability for its head to, like, crane left and right, and its mouth opens regularly. This one, its mouth is just permanently open, and its gums just kind of bounce up and down a little bit. It's snarling. Yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> She's pissed. <laughs> and it doesn't, it's not very mobile. It just moves forward a whole lot. But the Cave of Surprises has a couple oh of my, my god moments. uh so the cave of surprises we get in there and <laughs> there's first of all like i said it's just zooming in on 3d things it's not having 3d things pop out at you but it's this wacky like dark ride before you get into the underwater stuff and then <laughs> then there's the scene where the chewed up corpse starts coming up past the window and it's like maybe two seconds but I laugh so hard because it just cuts to some little girl with her face just smashed up against the glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody's like trying to move, uh, or, or like she's she's smashed up against the glass because somebody's elbowing her trying to get away because it's a, like a, a mob. And I'm like, that's fucked up. That seems like that one two second moment seems like it would fit in in the movie Freaked more than like a Charles movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, ah! her face is just oh, it's so good. But that's also where 
the shark dies. And you've got these two people just moving this dead shark prop around in circles inside this tank of water in front of a crowd. And it's, it's very upsetting, but it's this is where the big bad shark comes in. And it starts, it's pissed off, its baby is missing, and now its baby is dead. So it attacks this underwater tank, and the shot of this giant shark shadow just coming in, and it's like, there's like two or three moments where it is very clear that it is a claymation prop shark body that's being <laughs> utilized. And this is one of those two moments. It is insanity when this when this movie starts to ramp up. Because then you've got the random photographer i always thought it was shark hunter he's not a shark hunter he's just a photographer <laughs> yeah yeah he's like i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna make your park famous because i'm a famous photographer <laughs> yeah with it here we'll, we'll kill the shark yeah with grenades and we talked about this a little bit in the last shark but this movie came out the year after the last shark and if you remember the last shark the people at universal sued them for how much they stole from the Jaws franchise. But then the Jaws franchise was like, you know what was a pretty good idea in The Last Shark was having someone get gummed to death by a shark while having a grenade in their hand so that we could use that later. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's yeah. so, man. And, and also, like, the, the whole conceit of that scene is just absurd. Yeah. And Dennis Quaid pisses slipped. me off in this movie he so just much. He slips into the shark's mouth. <laughs> and they don't explain it. He's just swimming because I, he was like, ooh, I'll be live bait. And like, how can live bait fail with like a 30 foot killer shark? But then he just goes, whoop. And then next thing you know, he's inside of a shark's mouth with no explanation. I think that the writer thought that it, like, whoever the, I'm sorry, whoever the fixer was that made the script go from good to shitty, uh, was like, oh, Jonah and the whale, let's make it really, like, on the nose. <laughs> I hate Dennis Quaid in this movie. Why? Why? Because what? what's his job here? <laughs> he built the, the Cave of Wonders. But he also went scuba diving, correct? Yeah, he went scuba diving because, you know, he's got to make sure that, you know, he's just checking shit out. He's, he's taking advantage of his all-access pass to SeaWorld while he builds the Cape of Wonders. So in order to go scuba diving, you have to have a scuba diving sort of certification. So it's safe to assume that he understands what fish are, right? <laughs> so, so after clearly being chased by a shark and getting out of the water and saying, What the hell was that? What was that? Oh it was a God. shark, Dennis. It was a shark. You just reminded me, I forgot about my favorite version of the shark, which is when we just see the head that's a battering ram against that cage that pops out of the water for a split second. Um, let's get to the ending, because the ending Please. of this movie, holy shit, the ending of this movie. So they're all in this underwater control center, and all of a sudden they see this shark coming at them. And it is the most pathetic, dead-eyed shark just just being pulled around by a string or whatever it is and then because of how shitty the i don't know if this there's no way this looks good even in a theater with the third dimension added in there but like the glass shatter effect happens oh god and it looks better on the demon wind cover <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it hits it explodes, and then there's just this shark head inside the control center, and everybody's swimming around trying to escape, chewing up the only black guy that works at the park besides Lou Gossick Jr., who owns the place. And then 
it cuts to this wide shot where it's just like a claymation shark just moving in and out <laughs> of the control center for a couple shots. And then Dennis Quaid sees the grenade and he's like, I'm going to pull this thing out. And he pulls out the grenade and you have this explosion with the jaws flying right at the camera and then stopping Ugh. perfectly to form a shark's mouth. It is garbage. Like, it is <laughs> Seeing how bad this is. Yeah, and then it just gets worse at the end. Oh, with the dolphins? Wait, the, the smack in the water to get the dolphin. Oh, man, the dolphins? The paper mache dolphins that just look <laughs> like someone kind of cut them out of a coloring book and slid them up. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, movie I, this, is special. This is, I, I'm pretty mad at you about this movie. It's It's so bad. <laughs> And I forgive you because of what I've done this week. But had I not done what I've done this week, I would, I'd have some words for you. (laughs) Can we talk about the kill count? (laughs) Yeah, this, I think. Four? Five. Five. (laughs) By the time we are an hour into this hour and 40 minute movie, I'm like, why is no one dying? And so I I started, I was like, okay, so we got the, the, we got the first diver who died and then that's about it for now. And then literally four of the deaths happen in the last 20 minutes. And that's it. It's like, I think one of them dies from just drowning. I don't think that they actually get eaten. So it, this is like such a lame ass horror movie. It's not even horror. I don't know. Like I, the whole, I think the whole thing of what makes Jaws itself cool was the fact that it was like a slasher underwater, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not a huge kill count in even the original Jaws. But you're tense. You were te- well because so Jaws is like one of those classic like the issues while making the movie made the movie better because the original version of Jaws according to Steven Spielberg and everybody who was working on it was like you were going to see that shark in the very first scene and you were going to see that shark all throughout and it was going to be basically just like a big budget version of a 50s and 60s like you know horror of party beach type movie where it's just like look at this monster oh man this monster's killing people pretty scary check out that monster but then like (laughs) the shark they had never tested the mechanic shark in actual salt water so when they put it in the water it broke constantly and they were running so far behind they were like well let's just make the camera the shark so instead of you seeing it for like the first hour and a half of the movie you are the shark like you're kind of it's got that michael myers killer pov type aspect and it just made it that much more disturbing because it's like oh man i have no clue what this thing looks like but i am watching it just go on a killing spree you you don't have a you don't have a clue what it looks like i mean i have a yeah. i mean if i was De- dennis yeah. Quaid, yeah. Yeah. Dennis Quaid was like, what, what the heck was that, that? Yeah. what could this thing be does it have legs does it have a tail yeah, I guess the poster has a shark on it. That's a pretty good tip off. <laughs> All right. So, you know, Joel's 3D, pretty tight movie. Um, so. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why did my f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- 
What? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! What do you guys have for double features with old Jaws 3D? Well, you go first is your goddamn pick. All right, so... This movie, in its review from Robert, uh, Jesus Christ, Roger Ebert, uh, <laughs> Robert this, Robert Ebert, Ebert um, Roger Ebert compared this movie to another sequel that he said it stole a lot of the premise from, and I kind of agree. And it's also a movie that we've talked about, maybe or maybe not talking about on this show one day. Uh, so I'm going to double feature this with Revenge of the Creature, the movie in which they capture the creature from the Black Lagoon and put him in an amusement park. Mm. Wait, is that the one before where they put him in a in a, a business suit and he goes yes. to Washington? Yes, that's the. <laughs> <laughs> this is part two. Part three is his creature goes to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I'd put this with King Kong. I would double feature it with King Kong the original. Where they Any take reason. a they take a oh. big old monkey and put him in uh, for people's amusement, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then he scapes, and then uh, <laughs> and then insanity ensues. <laughs> so if you think about it, Jaws three is exactly like King Kong. <laughs> oh yeah, spitting image. <laughs> I have the hardest time, like. Not every single time you pick a uh, a giant killer animal movie, all I want to do is just say the last shark, the last shark, the last shark. Yeah. But instead, if we're going with aquatic horror, um, I'm going to double this guy up. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't want to do more aquatic horror because this killed it for me. Um, <laughs> if, if I wanted to really, you know, go with a theme instead of underwater horror, I'm going to go with the threes. And so I'm going to go with Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, because that movie has CD Cenobite in it, and I love CD Cenobite. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. All right. So what did you guys watch that you want to promote? I guess I also go first on this one because mm -hmm. it's uh, my pick. So uh, I've been just rocking my way through my Netflix queue. And um, I can't decide if I love or hate it, but I finally watched you and it's, it's all right. Um, there's a point where like one of the characters in season two is like, what are you just like some kind of Dexter? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's exactly what this is. It's just rom-com. What are we? Some kind of suicide squad? Yeah, like, <laughs> like it's just very, that line was very on the nose, and that was when I was like, I don't know if I like this show or not, but, like, I'm enticed by it. And it's weird because, like, have you guys both watched it or nay? I, Jade watched it, and I caught a few episodes of it, but I didn't watch I, it. I watched the half, half of the first season before I realized that the 
in entertainment factor was quickly waning for me. Yeah, but it, I gotta say, the best part of that whole fucking show was when he came in his own pants. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that's weird, I will say this much, and, and again, it, it ties it back to Dexter. What's interesting about this show is that like there's no secret that he's killing people we're witnessing it happen pretty regularly throughout the show but like they do such an interesting job of like making you at certain points not always but like certain characters you're like oh god joe you shouldn't you shouldn't be a murderer but like I really don't like Peach, so I guess if you're gonna murder somebody, like, Peach isn't so bad to try to murder. Like, you just kind of find yourself justifying it because it's such a charismatic performance. Like, I think it's a well-acted show, but the writing yeah. is all over the place. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna finish that after we record this. I've got, like, two episodes left. But I don't know if I'll dive into season three when that comes out next year. I've been watching Outer Banks. Have you seen it? I have not. <laughs> It is a Matt Kelly show, if there ever was a Matt Kelly show. Okay. Um, it is, so Dawson's Creek and Goonies were banging. And then Riverdale came in and slipped the tip in and got a little bit of his juices in. <laughs> but then they gave birth to Outer Banks. And I, me and Jade are loving it. Loving it. Gotta watch it. Also, I've been going to bed earlier because I've been getting up earlier. So Jade's been staying up and watching forensic files and it's what i fall asleep to but when you're listening you see the show in a whole different perspective and i gotta give a shout out to some of the people on forensic files because the show's called forensic files so all the attention goes to the forensic team you know these these high class scientists but the average joe does so much for that show and they barely get acknowledged like it's like you know we found the woman murdered and there was nothing on the crime scene except for a half of a ticket from a carnival and we brought it there and the guy on this uh pirate ship ride was like yeah i remember that guy he came in here he had a mustache and black hair i thought it was weird he only gave me half a ticket and then when we tracked that down to the walmart employee they were like yeah this guy bought rope and tape and knives and then they were like i think he said something to me about going to the bar and like it's all these average people that are actually just have the best memory i've ever seen in my life and they're just literally pointing these police officers in the right direction and get. And then at the end, it's just the police department patting their own back. Like, yep, good police and good science is what solved this case. And it's like, <laughs> no, Joe at the carnival solved this case. You guys just listen to him. So shout out to Joe at the carnival. <laughs> uh, Brian, question. As I read mm -hmm. the, the wiki premise of Outer Banks. Mm -hmm. uh, because your description did nothing to tell me what the show is about is one of the reasons that you love it that one of the gangs is called the kooks yeah it's it's the kooks and the pogues i think um yeah, yeah no no it's it's literally it's just these it's dawson's creek um going on a treasure hunt nice well i will you throw know. that on on the old the old list yeah Netflix has definitely been like, ooh, people are stuck inside. Let's just push everything that we can onto our platform right now. And it's good. I mean, you have to be able to understand teen shows now because, like, you were too old for it. So, like, at one point, he crashes his bike and goes flying, and the girl was like, oh, man, I just saw you yeet across the parking lot. And it was just like, oh, God, I forget that's the thing that people say now. <laughs> and man. I still don't fully know what it means. It means nothing. It means everything and nothing. Yeah. Oh, so it's like John. We're smart. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> Smart. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fucking really old reference. <laughs> All right, Scotty. All right, so I watched, and I talked about this the day that I watched it, but it's been, you know, X amount of time since I've watched it. But I watched Daniel Isn't Real on Shudder. Nice. Fantastic. I I absolutely loved it, and I was not expecting to love it. Um, I put it off because I thought that it was going to be stupid, and um, I was wrong. It is a goddamn blast. And really, I think it shines in the third act um, when – you when you get a lot of more explanation of things uh so yeah i i highly recommend it to anybody especially if you avoided it like i did for one reason or another but yeah definitely give it a shot it is a, a really good time and i wanted to talk about a documentary that i'm pretty sure you got i mean it's not a new documentary but i watched wrinkles the clown oh i've Ew. been wanting to watch it but i've been waiting for it to be free is it free it's yet? on hulu let me ask you a question, Scott, because I saw it at Fantastic Fest, and I know that me and two of Katie's friends who all watched it kind of had the same thought of it would have been better as just a short. Like, I feel like they tried to stretch the premise way too much. Yeah, dude, I was I was over it by the yeah. hour mark. Yeah. Yeah, like it was it, – it's like, man, if this was like a 45-minute doc, it would have been a great doc. But, like, trying to make that work for almost 90 minutes was like – a fool's errand there just wasn't enough well, and also there. the i think the real problem with it and, and i'm kind of disappointed that you that brian hasn't seen it because as the, the documentarian of us um well he didn't know it was free uh, on hulu <laughs> yeah well um i just i don't want to soil brian's watch of it but for me what what upset me about watching it more than anything else what or when i watched it was their reliance on all the the, the kids like the 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 adolescents like the preteens and shit because they're really really annoying yeah if you cut out the kid there was like one kid that i thought was like moderately charming i i vaguely remember i'm never gonna watch wrinkles the clown again like i saw it the one time in theaters i listened to the director talk about it and then i was done with it yeah just watch it if it's free i just want streaming all the time because it's easy and i'm lazy as fuck scotty wants to stream it all the time stream well that was jaws 3d you know the old adage about jaws movies they're just like tits one isn't enough and three's too many so welcome to (laughs) our movie nights episode on jaws 3d we will be back next week with a movie that brian picked that he's already starting to apologize about so you know it's gonna be good uh, so thank you everybody for checking in we'll be back next week with another episode of horror movie night in 3d listening to the Geekscape Network. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why are you my f- facing Floyd Mayweather in the f- 
What? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 